Just a quick reminder before we get into today's show, you can call or text us at 570-POD-WAD-1. That's 570-763-9231 with your ideas for icebreakers, topics, or just general feedback. We'll probably use it in the show, and you'll save us some creative energy, which we greatly appreciate. Find out everything about the show at yallheard.me. Now, on to the episode. Y'all Heard? Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips... And me, Pete Phillips, come to you with, uh, well, this week... You know, some ideas and stuff, kind of, because (laughs) um, what we try to do is come to you each week with some new and interesting ideas that you may not know about so that you can, you know, like, share them with people in your life and look like the super smart, educated person without having to do all the reading and, like, research that Marissa and I had to do. In other words, ignore all that and we just tell you things you didn't know (laughs) you needed to know. By the way, guys, we're not related. Yeah. In case you wondered. Don't ever think that for a second. Yeah, because that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Pete, how was your weekday, week or day? Whatever's, whatever's less horrible. Tell me your week or your day. I've just been really foggy lately and, like, not sleeping right. So that's kind of put a damper on things. The weather's been beautiful. And then I come home and I close all the curtains and blinds and then go to sleep, even though it's sunny and wonderful outside. That's the summary of my week. Hey, how about you? What's going on? My week was stressful, but today was nice, so I'm forgetting everything I didn't like about this week. That's what you got to do. Exactly. So I'm I'm surprised I'm having a nice day, but it is. I am. But PSA, um, this is something that Pete, I think, has preached, not to you guys, but just to people in the past. Um, I think he has not enjoyed being in group chats and i want to really say a psa um don't make a group text with too many people don't make it with a bunch of people that don't know each other and if you do (laughs) participants just say one thing and then let it be done also i just realized that iphone lets you like like comments and laugh at comments so in addition to seeing the comments people make, you will then get a notification being like, Susie liked Jane's comment. Ricky laughed at oh, Susie's God, comment. Oh, God, that makes it even... That's like now ten times as many notifications. Yeah, so I was put into a group chat where I know two people, and there's like ten people in it. Uh, it was to make sure we all know the itinerary for an event, and I have been getting notifications for an hour of everybody laughing at each other's comments. <clears throat> I don't know who anybody is. Are they really funny? No. And there's a <laughs> lot of gifts. And so, guys, just chill. Yeah. My main complaint is always the uh, C- CC and then reply all. I-, I-, I find that a little cleaner. But, yeah, that annoys me, too. Guys, just don't group anything unless you have to. Right. Yeah, like, nobody needs it. Nobody wants it. Just send invitations. Yeah. Everybody wants an interpersonal communication. They don't want a group communication, okay? Yeah. Unless you're part of a team at work, and then that, I guess, makes sense, whatever. Unless you're, like, in a fun group chat with three people. I'm in a group chat with three people, and that's fun. People that know each other well, okay? Anyway. How come I'm not in that group chat? You want to be in the group chat with the two people (laughs) in Korea that I used to get drunk with all of the time? (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't think so. Icebreaker. Okay, so last episode I asked Pete if he was in the show Big Love, which is about a polygamous Mormon family, who would he want to be his wife? And so we're sticking to the the narrative of the show. And Marissa suspected that there were four wives total. And she was correct, though I did I did say, no, I think there's only three. And then it, apparently in season four, what happens is Bill sleeps, Bill, the, the, I guess, husband, sleeps with some girl and gets her pregnant. And then he feels obligated to marry her. And so he I marries her. I didn't know that was why. Yeah. That's why he's with the young one. But then it doesn't really work out. And so they don't stay married. So it's kind oh. of... This is like late in the in the season oh, in the okay, series, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's technically there is a fourth wife, but it doesn't also, work out. You spoiled the show for me. <laughs> so, I knew there was a fourth wife that didn't work out. Didn't know he impregnated her. Thanks. thanks. Well, you find that out before they get married anyway. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. Continue. Yeah. Well, listen, it's uh, been off the air for how many years now? So get on the stick, Marissa. <laughs> Whatever. Continue. Also, I realized I didn't think of the answer for my own. I need to now think of it while you're telling me yours. I have obsessed over it for the entire week, trying to think <laughs> of the right group of people. Because the whole the whole issue that I had with this is that in the show, each one of them has their own certain role and what they bring to the sort of familial uh, yeah. sort of organism, which is not the right word, but it's late and I'm drinking. So, um... I was like, how do I craft? It was almost like drafting like a good basketball team or something like where everybody's working together and everybody has their strengths and stuff like that. And then yeah. in the end, I was like, Pete, you're just overthinking this. Just go with your gut. And so I went with the people that I always like all the time. I went with Rachel Wise, Catherine Hahn, Aparna Nancherla, and then the fourth wife that doesn't really work out is going to be Jenny Slate because I think she's too much of a free spirit and I won't be able to hold her down. Okay. And we're going to be laughing all the time. I'm going to love it. I don't think you give yourself credit, but... <laughs> what do you mean? Because you could hold down Jenny Slade. Nobody can. Okay. Even that handsome boy couldn't. That was movies. because I actually feel like I can relate to her a lot. I think she said he was a little bit too, like, nice and normal. Like, she didn't use those words, but that was more or less what she said. Yeah. But she's, like, all over the place. I feel like I relate to that, okay? I overwhelm everyone. All of my relationships. The one I'm in now, I overwhelm him. So you know what? <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I just have too much energy, too many feelings, too much happiness, and sadness. So then I feel like I'd be, I'm going to just DM Jenny Slate then, because it feels like right now I don't have a lot of things going on in my life. I could so, handle... You know, message her? I could handle... <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> it's a joke. But I, but I could handle the overwhelmingness because I have nothing else yeah. really going on. I said DM incredulously because I wasn't sure if it meant something else I didn't understand. That's that's why. Like dick meat? Not, I don't know. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yes, it is disgusting. Your turn. That's right. I didn't take a lot of time because what I'm trying to say is I want to meet a funny person, okay? Find, <laughs> find one out there. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to buy time for you. But can I'm going to stop now. Can I have five? No. No, you were supposed to only get three. You're only going to have three people who are going to be with you for a long time. Like, three of them you're going to be, like, long-term married to, and one is going to not work out. Because I want So Ungook, which is the one nobody knows, 
who's the hot Korean man who will be like the equivalent of the really hot young girl that he has, but that stays with him. Like he'll be the hot one that'll kind of overshadow everyone with hotness, <laughs> but also thinking about him all the time. Then I would also want, not that he's listening to our podcast, but I feel like this is a little bit too non-celebrity so that like it makes me uncomfortable to say it, but Manolo. All right, all right. Manolo Moreno. Co-host from uh, Dr. Game Show. Yeah, he would be a definite. Then I guess I'm torn between Blake Wexler and Channing Tatum, weirdly. <laughs> That's who I'm torn between as my third core. Okay. Uh, and then the one that wouldn't work out would be KJ Appa, Archie. Archie from Riverdale. Yep. Okay, okay. He's really hot. He's old enough. I want to clarify that. And uh, I think he's too immature and doesn't know how to have a relationship because he's never had one, according to everything he says. So I think he wouldn't know how to like relate to a woman on a deep level, so I don't think it would work. All right, let's see. So we have to pick between Channing Tatum and Blake Wexler. Blake Wexler, Philadelphia-born comedian. Yeah, this is making me uncomfortable. Again, not like any of them are listening to our podcast, right, but those right. are both like Treating these people like me. Exactly. This is exactly how I felt. This is not a good question. Yeah. We're building no, it's a great question. Polygamous family. fascinating. <laughs> oh, do I have to see my boyfriend? No, no, no. This is a Let's total... cut this off before I ask any more questions that incriminate me. No. Hey, you know what? You want to make it awkward in a different way? I am so happy that you mentioned age because I wanted to draw to the attention of my ex-girlfriend, Liz Rafter, if you're listening. None of these people are younger than me. So, f*** off, lady. Everyone gave you a complex because they were jealous. I want to just let that be known. You never dated anyone that was too young. And Liz is insane. Yeah, she definitely is. Yeah, sorry if you're listening, Liz. You're insane. If you are listening, you're definitely insane. Yeah. Okay. On that note. Okay, so today what we're doing is we're bringing you two paranormal-esque topics, I think. We actually pitched these two ideas in a previous episode. I think it was our second episode where we talked about vampire stuff. And so my actual idea came from that episode when Marissa casually mentioned shadow cats and then just moved on with the rest of her talk. And I was like, whoa, 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 it's a shadow cat. I'm so sorry. I need to interject quickly. No Blake Wexler, no Channing Tatum, Ben Kistler from the last podcast on the left. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> if anyone listened to the last podcast on the left, Ben Kistler, he'd be like my staple, like the main wife. Which I did for my topic because there are so few resources out there on this particular topic. And I was like, well, where did Marissa hear of it? She probably heard of it from last podcast on the left. <gasps> did you so listen I, to it? I listened to that whole episode. Um, that was when they were in their early days. They weren't their best, but I kind of... It didn't of seem like they were in their early days. I feel like it was episode 200 and something. Oh, does it? I thought that it was a... I think... I don't know. But anyway, so, I don't even think I made it through that episode because that sounded dumb. Oh, well... There's a period of it that's pretty humorous, albeit oh, maybe I'll listen. too vulgar for our show. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty vulgar. So, I decided, and also, I was listening to it, and I was like, crap, this is all the same stuff that I have, so Marissa's not going to be... No, I really, I didn't finish the anyway whatsoever. So I'm glad you didn't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Marissa mentioned Shadowcats. I have no idea what she's talking about. I thought I would check out this phantom feline phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> so, shadow cats, witch cats, ghost cats, or cat familiars. Witch cats? I'm sorry. All point 
to a supernatural or pagan representation of a cat. Okay? They better be cats that practice witchcraft, not cats that witches use or, or evil cats. They better they better have opposable thumbs that hold herbs and put them into cauldrons and mix them to when make you spells. Say- Cats that witches use, what do you mean? I mean, like, it better not be cats that, like, accompany witches or that witches, like, like have by their side. Well, they better be... It, but yeah, that, that's her... exactly what they are. No. So, no. Unacceptable. But, to start, I'm going to go with ghost cats. I'm okay. going to talk about hauntings. As a trusted source, I turn to the reliable listicle called Five Signs a Ghost Cat is Haunting You Right Now <laughs> <laughs> from January of this year on StrangerDimensions.com, which is a magical website that I will certainly mine for ideas for this podcast in the future. Okay. Sign number one, you feel like you're being watched. This is a good first sign for this list because sometimes I feel like I'm being watched, (laughs) but nobody's watching me. Uh, So I feel like it's a familiar feeling, and it's also very vague, and spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with cats. (laughs) Okay. Number two, phantom sounds. This also doesn't have to do with cats. I just elaborated to sort of take it in a cat direction. Because, mind you, the name of the listicle is Five Signs a Ghost Cat is Haunting You Right Now. So, phantom sounds, like the pitter-patter of footsteps, scratching or meowing. Now, if you are being haunted by a ghost and you hear phantom sounds that sound like cat sounds, okay, I think you have something to go with now. But they were actually just talking about any phantom sounds could be the result of a haunting of a cat. Of a cat? By a cat. Excuse me. Three, smells. So, by this point, we're talking about touch, (laughs) Uh, which isn't necessarily true. Sound and smell. Um, And so, yeah, we're sort of just, I'm like, oh, man, there's five signs and we have five senses. This is going to (laughs) suck. So... Yeah, familiar cat sense, like what a cat smells like, or a litter box, or something like that. So, that's kind of gross. Number four, you see a shadow shadow of a cat out of the corner of your eye. You turn your head, it's not there anymore. Those are probably just floaters. You think you saw it, but then it's gone. This feels a little bit more concrete, but the article also says that these could be shadow people, not just shadow cats. And so I'm like, you're really blowing this article for me, guys. <laughs> you got a picture of a cat at the top, but none of these are cat-centric. Um, the last one, though, is pretty undeniable. You see you, you see the figure out of the corner of your eye, you turn, and now you're actually looking at a ghost cat <laughs> that is an apparition of some sort. Okay, that's the only sign that you've listed that you are actually being haunted <laughs> by a cat right now, okay? Okay. Who gets haunted by cats? Do you have any ideas, Marissa? People who mutilated cats. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I know. As as a person, not the idea of mutilating cats. But, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'll be right back. Um, so Pagan Path is a website, and it describes these I commonalities among I shadow hauntings. The person observing the shadow is highly psychic empathetic or has been performing magic with a k of course so a practitioner of the arts if you will uh the person observing the shadow has been meditating or entering shamanistic states of consciousness okay the area where shadows appear is highly charged 
the area where the shadow appeared, and this is where I thought it was going to relate kindly to Marissa's topic, which has changed a little bit, often appears in tweens. But it doesn't make sense. I'm understanding why shadow people might be there, not right. cats in particular. Right. None of this is specific. Like if I meditate, <laughs> I'm going to see shadow cats? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. In tweens, like doorways, windows, things that are in between one place and the other. Uh, the area where shadows appear has collected psychic and physical junk, such as stack of paperwork, piles of clothes, uncleansed crystals on an altar. <laughs> I, like how they I haven't go. cleansed my crystals in a while. Stacks of paperwork, piles of clothes, and uncleansed crystals on an altar. Like <laughs> Nobody has told me if I don't cleanse my crystals, I'm going to see shadow cats. I'm not saying this to be funny. I have crystals. Oh, They're not all cleansed. Marissa, yes, you definitely have to cleanse the crystals. I learned that when I went to a, what was that thing? Like a psychic fair of some sort? I what? really needed to be cleansed to work, not just to be. If I don't clean one, myself, I don't become possessed. One article likened it to, you have to clean out the vacuum cleaner after you use it. Otherwise, the next time you use it, it won't be as effective. Yeah, but if I don't clean out the vacuum cleaner... Something bad is going to happen to me. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, the dirt's not going to come to life and murder yeah. you. Yeah. So use these lists, these two lists, to figure out if you're being haunted by a cat. I want to stress this very, very seriously and hard. I'm going to like get close to the mic. If you have been haunted by a cat, you better call us at 570-PODWAD1. Yeah. We'll fix you, it. You can even say, like, I've been haunted by a cat and hang up. But really, we'd love some details. If, if you, you own a cat and you think that potentially it could be haunting you in some way, also a good reason to call. I promise you, if you call, mind you, don't lie. If you are being haunted by a cat and you call, I will send you a cleansed crystal. I'll give you a crystal that's supposed to have powers, like positivity powers. <laughs> One of them does. I forget. As I have referenced already, if you're like me, you're thinking, like, why didn't they just go with, like, an armadillo or a dog or a lizard? The reason that they went with cats is because cats and the spirit world are pretty tight. Uh, they go way back to ancient Egypt. Oh, everything does. Uh, Everybody can mentally go, oh, yeah, I remember that, like, in hieroglyphics and things like that. But yeah. I remember dogs, too. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> There is an People. article at brainpowermusic.com, which I did not think I was going to laugh when I said Yeah. <laughs> uh, that says cats can see and sense things better than we can. Uh, when your cat sits you. when your cat sits and stares off in the distance, it's doing so because it sees something, maybe something that you can't see. If you've it's ever so seen babies and dogs. <laughs> Every time Marissa says dogs, I'm loving it. <laughs> It's funny because I wrote this next sentence and then I was like, I'll, I'll just say it first. Uh, if you've ever seen a cat play with a bug or a mouse or even a piece of trash that you didn't see prior to that, that's a good example of something that you didn't see but that the cat did as they stalked it and then pounced on it. But then I was like, wait, Pete, you've never really had a cat. That's the dogs that you've had that do that. <laughs> yeah. So you're right, Marissa. I know. Evidently, this also applies to uh, cat's sense of hearing, aura and energy detection, and electromagnetic energy, and that is why they are ideal for supernatural events. Nothing is cited to back any of this up, but it is, of course, a cute and fun idea. 
I changed my mind. You know who sees Shadow Cats? People who want it. Actually, that's true. Yeah, that's... people want it real bad. <laughs> I think the other half of it is that, say you had, uh, you you know, you were really close with uh, a person in your life, and then that person dies, <laughs> and then you're yeah. living in their space, and you're like, I feel like that person is still here. I also feel like people who have had close relationships with, with cats might feel the like you know the the energy of the cat still in that particular place. But no, I think if you've mutilated cats, I don't think you're being like haunted by an aggressive cat seeking revenge. Although that's a a nice short I think we should write. <laughs> Let's go to history. Egyptians used cats to kill rodents in order to preserve their food. Makes sense, right? Uh, they were also treated like cats are today. They were part of the family. They were well respected because Egyptians felt that cats were a conduit to the gods, guardians of the underworld, and just generally cool cats. Yeah. Um, in China, they were considered goddesses. In Japan, they carried luck and kept away bad spirits. In Europe, they were protectors of life because they would catch and kill diseased vermin. I'm sorry, male cats were considered goddesses too? Cats, all right, don't... Are all listen. cats women? Yeah, yeah, of course they are. Okay, okay. God. Just saying. <laughs> then Just saying. came the advent of witchcraft. Chime <laughs> in whenever you'd like on any of these details, Marissa. Say you're a witch, you're open to pagan and earthly beliefs... You okay. may give credence to the idea that cats are useful protectors with weirdo powers and sharp-tongued wit, like Salem the cat in Sabrina the Teenage Who Witch. Who is the source with this weird wording? That was me. I wrote the Sabrina okay. the Teenage Witch show. <laughs> okay. Then the Christians come in and they start spreading some stories about how you're using cats to see beyond this world. So then Stop the Christians it. come and kill you. Yep. Not only that, witch hunters would actually capture and murder cats, too. After, though, they killed the cats, the rodents could run amok, thereby spreading more disease, and then all the Christians died because of the Black Plague. <laughs> that sounds like an oversimplification, but I uh, like it. Of course it is. <laughs> but there actually apparently is some credence to the fact that wow. the rodents were able to spread more freely. That's because. Everybody thought that cats were, like, creepy witchcraft stuff. So, uh, there was also, in Europe, uh, is where the Celtic myth about cats origi originated. Uh, in Scotland, there was a fairy creature that would take the form of a black cat with a white spot on its breast. The cat's a demon and can transform from a fairy to a cat up to eight times. The ninth time that it switches back to a cat has to stay a cat forever. And that's why people say cats have nine lives. That's the real origin of that? Yeah. That's stupid. Then there's the Kate She, which is actually written like Cat Sith. So if you want to you know, look that up. But Celtic people with their pronunciations. Uh -huh. So Kate She, a myth that states that a cat is a demon that would take the soul of a deceased person if uh, it got there before God did to come and collect the soul. Apparently, God only comes and collects your souls once you're buried and in the ground. And so, uh, if the body was laying out, waiting to be buried, then it was vulnerable. And if a cat walked across it, got the soul. Um, by other folklore, if the cat walked across it, it would also turn into a vampire. 
Yeah, that too. Oh, so I guess the, the, it would take the soul and it would be a vampire because vampires don't have souls. That makes so, yeah, sense. Yeah, we yeah. can we can take that a little further. This sense. next part reminded me of our pal Kathy. I thought this would be an A1 awesome job for Kathy to prevent the Kate She from taking the souls of the deceased. They would employ white witches to play with cats outside of graveyards to keep them distracted while they were doing funerals. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think Kathy would love that as a job. Uh, I'm sure Kathy is a white witch, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's already got the qualifications. Oh, I love it. Now, if you happen to be a witch in training or a cat owner, experts on witcheslore.com say that pairing a cat with witchcraft nearly doubles the power of your spell. But if you want to boost your witch skills, remember, the cat familiar chooses you, not the other way around. Yeah, duh. You don't just go into the place and pick a cat and take it home and think that you're going to be the shit at magic now. A best-case scenario ends with you two having a psychic connection, a lifelong companion, a guardian against ghost spirits, and other visitors. And eternal lovers. Yeah, so that's... Uh, again, listeners, if you're interested, uh, I, I feel like it's like episode 206, 209, 20 something of last podcast on the left. They get into great detail about how to become one with your cat. Uh, so that is the part that. Um, oh, do they talk about being eternal lovers? I mean, if you want to say sexual partners <laughs> as lovers, oh. then yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read all this stuff and I was like, I still don't feel like I have anything new that I'm bringing to the listeners. So I let my mind wander a bit and I started to think maybe some of this cat stuff ends up having to do with our modern internet cat worship. So how can I link those two things up, okay? Okay, now I want you to know, Marissa, I did not make this connection. Okay. Cats have big eyes. And babies have big eyes. So Ugh. one psychologist said that we like cats because we like babies. And when we see cats, it triggers a nurturing instinct within ourselves. Chameleons which, have big eyes, too. Which I think is kind of funny because if you meet somebody who's like, I hate cats, then you can be like, oh, you're going to be a terrible parent. <laughs> the psychologist also said something to the effect of the Internet is like a dog park for cats. That these creatures are not really social beings and so if you took a bunch of cats and you put them in a cat park they'd be like i don't want to have anything to do with any of these other cats okay but, but dogs are like you know considered friendly and and amiable and everything so they were like the internet is a good place to put cats and like their lives and their pictures and their videos and everything because people can see each other's animals but also not have to actually like get attacked by them i guess um the That's third horrible. the third though is probably the one that makes the most sense. It's that cats are so independent and represent independence that we all seek. And so we share pictures and videos and things of cats because we admire their independence and we want to be as free as they. Nope. Nope. Don't admire them at all. <laughs> nope. A more pointed conclusion, perhaps. And this, yeah, this is the point that I want to bring to the podcast. Cats were once seen as a threat, even evil. The internet and time have eroded that feeling and made them cute and entertaining. Similarly, there are other creatures out there that were once seen as threatening and evil and then cute and entertaining, and they have also recently enjoyed a social makeover and sense of independence. Who do you think I'm talking about? Women. There's a Forbes article, which is of course written by a man, 
which plays with this notion but never really gets explicit, probably because the guy's like, I don't want to be uh, verbally attacked by women when I say that cats are like women. But I read this article, and then I was listening to a podcast that I plugged in the past called Cool Playlist. The most recent episode, which features uh, comedian Aaron Whitehead and the host, Eliza Skinner. Eliza Skinner, for some reason, out of the blue, while I'm listening to it, while it's feeding into my ears, makes this parallel as well, that cats and women are sort of like representative of one another based on the struggles that a cat goes through and how cats are so misunderstood and dogs are so easy to figure out and all these sorts of weird things. That ho- This whole hating cats thing that is just prevalent in society that people think is totally acceptable, don't have to deny it. Look, I'm not talking about if you have an allergy to cats and that makes your life hard. Fine, whatever. I'm talking about the like, it's just fine to say shitty things about cats and people who own cats, but not say those things about dogs and people who own dogs. I think it's just an extension of misogyny. Yeah. I think it's, oh, we don't like how uh, standoffish and uh, sensual they are. I'm like, oh, you mean women? Because that's us too. And yeah, cats are sensual. Doesn't mean I want to f them, but look at how they walk. But if I show you these two cats, you could change your mind. So I thought it was an interesting point to make. Uh, and, and this Forbes article ends with this thoughtful reflection that cat memes might represent a shift in our collective mythology of cats and an increased psychological tolerance of cats and women and other things that we don't really understand. So maybe we owe the history of shadow cats quite a debt for it set the path for us to be more accepting as a society. <laughs> Okay, there are a lot of layers. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I'll take it, all right. <laughs> Marissa, do you have any questions about shadow cats? I don't think you really sold shadow cats to me. Is it my you... job to sell it, Marissa? Yeah. <laughs> I presented what I found. But I do like, yeah, it's very interesting. I knew that cats were linked to the supernatural and art, dark arts and stuff, but I didn't really know why. Yeah, and again... Not that you have to, but supplemental listening if you did want to listen to that po- last podcast on the le- left episode. Um, they do have a few more other uh, examples. They get into cats as aliens as well. So. <laughs> so speaking of the supernatural, Pete, I'm going to talk a little bit about poltergeists, the poltergeist phenomenon. Hey, one time I went to see the poltergeist. I was on a date. Happens once in a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I went to see the Poltergeist, but it was the Poltergeist remake with uh, Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt. I love Rosemary DeWitt. I don't know why she wasn't one of my wives. So um, we're watching the movie. It's it's creepy, but it's not like super scary. Jane no, Adams is also in it. Is better. So we're watching it, and it's like creepy. And then the fire alarm went off, but nobody Ooh. knows nobody knows what the movie theater fire alarm sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that must. And be so everybody scary. was like. And there were a group of people sort of like in the middle of the theater and they were like, we getting the f*** out of here. <laughs> I was so like, did you I wanna, guys have to leave? I want to go home with them. Did oh, yeah, leave? we had to like wait outside the theater for Aww. like 30 minutes. And then when they restarted the movie, they went back too far. And since the movie wasn't very good to begin with, <laughs> we had to rewatch the like middle part that, you know, where it sort of sags a little bit and is less exciting. Ugh. Anyway, sorry to hijack. So, Pete, what is a poltergeist? Okay, so in my opinion, it's um, it's like a manifestation of energy in some way, and uh, and it's like a ghost, but it's like an angry ghost, 
Okay. And, uh, and it, it can affect, um, I feel like it can affect things physically. So, like, okay. it's not just, like, floating through walls and being like, hey. It's actually, like, moving stuff and its motivation is to scare you. That's why I feel like it's, a, it's like, a negative being. Okay. Uh, I would say I've heard it, it, yeah, described as an angry ghost, but also sometimes just mischievous. Because often people say that poltergeists don't really cause, like, legit harm, but more like... Ja- like, like, Jamie Kennedy is a ghost. Like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, so according to prairieghosts.com, I don't know. Um, that, is, that is one of my sources. Little ghosts on the prairie. Yeah, the word poltergeist means noisy ghosts when translated from German. Uh, generally, uh, depictions or stories about poltergeist occurrences usually include things like objects mysteriously floating or flying through the air, uh, loud unexplained noises, or things moving from one place to another with, like, no explanation why. Traditional belief was that poltergeist phenomenon was caused by a mischievous or malevolent spirit, ghost, or demons. And in some cases, these entities are believed to possess the victims. When the spiritualism movement was popular in the 1840s, poltergeists came to be understood as attempts by departed souls to communicate with the living, perhaps to try to resolve unfinished business. Through the years, opinions have evolved, and there are a few different ways people see poltergeist cases these days. Some people still think that these things are ca- uh, these occurrences are caused by spirits. Other people think that they're just total hoaxes, and other people think that these strange occurrences are caused by people, but perhaps subconsciously. So, the explanation of the latter, the subconscious, is usually points to telekinesis. Oh, that was unexpected for me. (laughs) According to NewScience.com, they were talking about... Is that N-E-W or N-U? N-E-W. The researcher named Piero Brevetti and his colleague Vera Maxia wanted to explain the origin of the poltergeist phenomenon. Like, they, they, they characterize it by, you know, things floating around in the room of the, on their own accord. The researchers note that poltergeist encounters have been reported all around the world, around different cultures, but they all tend to have one thing in common. Poltergeist disturbances almost always occur in the neighborhood of a pubescent child or a young woman. Mm. So, Brevetti and Maxia have come up with the explanation of how this happens. They mention that puberty is a modification of the child body, which involves various organs, chiefly the brain. They hypothesize that the changes in the brain that occur at puberty involve fluctuations in electron activity that in rare cases and create disturbances up to a few meters around the outside of the brain. Okay, fellow researchers have been like, that's stupid, no. But there are a lot of people <laughs> across the internet that agree with that. So I'm going to kind of talk about some other people who kind of expand upon that idea. Okay. Uh, going back to prairieghosts.com, uh, they say that poltergeist occurrences are usually linked, once again, they say, to an adolescent girl. But not just like any adolescent girl, but usually one that is troubled emotionally. They don't say that it's just, just puberty in itself. Aren't we all at that age? Yeah. Come on. 
It is believed that the person may be unconsciously manipulating the items in their house by psychokinesis, uh, the power to move things by energy generated in the brain. It is unknown why this energy seems to appear in females, specifically around the age in puberty, but that is generally the most common. It seems that when the activity begins to manifest, the girl is usually in the midst of, like I said, emotional turmoil or sexual turmoil. And it is possible to happen to boys and, and even adults in rare cases. And of the vast majority of these people actually have no idea that they're causing the activity and are surprised to find that it is even a possibility that it could be them. So according to psychoscience.org, uh, there's typically one family member who seems to be the focus of this poltergeist activity. And it's important to note that, you know, let's say you believe in the supernatural explanation, uh, not the psycho or telekinesis. The thing that sets poltergeist activity apart from hauntings is that hauntings are usually associated with a location, but poltergeist cases usually are focused around a specific person. Okay. So even if a person moves, the phenomenon will still follow yes. that person. Yeah. And again, this website says that the poltergeist agent is usually uh, a teenager, a young adult, or even a child but most are pubescent or prepubescent, so maybe 9 to 13. I'm sorry, are you? I don't know if you're going to mention this anyway, but how I mentioned that the cats, hang, like the shadow cats slash shadow figures, appear in tweens, which are in between one place and another. You're also in between one stage of life and another when right? you're in puberty, right? You are right. Check yeah. out the tweens. Sorry, guys. I stepped on Marissa's toes again. It's okay, it's okay. Um, an added sort of layer that could kind of explain how someone could be manifesting these things without even knowing it is, um, they say that often the family, often people who suffer this come from like strict authoritarian families. And one widely accepted theory is that these psychokinetic manifestations, these are psychokinetic manifestations of the person's intense repress anger okay so it just it's like this powerful manifestation that they don't even realize is happening and it may be targeted towards a family member or sometimes the anger could even be directed towards themselves so they could be the victim of their own powers like yeah. they yeah so I feel, like, I feel like this is very similar to like salem witch accusations as well yeah you got, like young girls who are being yeah. like you know so these young girls being cray. Now, out of all the poltergeist cases, I read a lot, and I was going to mention a lot of cases, but most of them were dumb, or most of them, <laughs> or a lot of them sounded believable, but they were all just like, and in Sally's house, plates always flew, and a lot of people were there, and all the constables came around to witness all the plates flying, and I was like, yeah, that's not scary. No. Yeah. I bet it would be if you were there, and you got I mean, hit by yeah, a plate. Yeah. There was this one family that every single day at night, rocks would fall from the sky in their house. <laughs> and, yeah, they had – it was so upsetting. Uh, either they had loud noises and rocks falling. It was so upsetting that, yeah, they had neighbors kind of, like, come and watch over them at night. And neighbors were said to have witnessed this. And there was nothing they could do, though. And it became so upsetting that they 
made their oh it was their child clearly that was making like not making it happen but it was clearly linked to the child like it, yeah. it and so the parents got fed up and made the child live with the grandmother and then the same thing happened <laughs> to the grandmother. grandma's gonna die anyway just yeah exactly so i was like wow that's interesting so one of the most famous poltergeist cases is uh the one that uh, i think it was the conjuring 2 was based on um, that is the Enfield poltergeist incident, which happened in the UK involving the Hodgson family. Uh, between 1977 and 1979, that house was a scene of demonic voices, objects moving without explanation, uh, teenage girls levitating, and strange noises. And these events focused on the two teenage daughters, Margaret and Janet. Um, if you Google Enfield poltergeist, or Hodgson family, you can find images of the girls supposedly levitating, but to me it looks like they're jumping on a bed. <laughs> but it depends. It's a little different, but... See, the thing that is added to this that's interesting is, like the movie depicts, there were, like, reliable witnesses that said they saw these things. There were members of the press that said they saw it. There were investigators that saw it, and there was a police constable that saw a chair move across the room, and that was in the movie. So these people still stand by that they saw these things happen. Um, also in the movie, however, is that investigators did discover that at least some of the evidence in this poltergeist case was faked by the right. girls. I feel like I remember that from The Conjuring 2. <laughs> yeah, in The Conjuring 2, the girl faked one thing and so they all are like you're a liar but then the girl says no the demon made me make it seem fake so you would all leave um which is is a lot of layers happening even though uh there's evidence of something's being fake a lot of people still believe that these poltergeist incidents were genuine if anyone wants to call us i would love to hear if people like google this and see if you find it believable or not i used to find it really creepy because this is the only like poltergeist case that you could really find like pictures and a lot of like just like, information on the internet that seems like straight from the source but maybe you find interviews you might i don't remember if they have audio recordings of when it's supposed to be the demonic voice but you could just get a lot of straight from the source information but like i said the one picture where the girl's supposed to be levitating it definitely looks like Someone could just reproduce it by jumping really high off of a bed. So, yeah, that is what I have. Guys, I actually, I originally wanted to talk about how puberty unlocked the gateway to supernatural things or how puberty often unlocked powers within people. But then I, first of all, there's like barely any credible information. It's just like forums being like, I turned 13 and I <laughs> thought I was going to pass a test and I did. Do I have powers? And uh, also, I thought that this was interesting. Like, I had heard that poltergeists could be hoaxes, and I had heard that poltergeists could be real spirits, but I never really heard that poltergeists were possibly people unknowingly doing this due to, like, repressed anger or, like, a lot of energy. So I thought that was cool. But, yeah, yeah. it's all it's all linked to emo pubescent girls. <laughs> so whether that's true or whether that's just a major bias... That everybody has against young girls, and they all just want to blame them for everything, you know. 
Yeah, guys, I would strongly. I mean, I'll try to include it in the show notes, but I often forget things, so I apologize if I if I do that. But a hundred and twenty five percent looks like girls jumping off of beds. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and screaming. That's all. The bigfoot. I, the bigfoot video is more credible. That looks okay. More okay. Okay. <laughs> I still don't know what I feel about that one. Sorry, the bigfoot video reminds me that I got. I got stuck for a long time at that website that I mentioned first in this episode about the one that made the listicle about five signs being haunted by a cat. Like supernatural found garden or whatever? Like dimension, something like that. I ended up down a rabbit hole and I was watching a video of a woolly, what they supposed was a woolly mammoth crossing a river. You need to send that to me. They were like, do you think this is a woolly mammoth or do you think this is a bear? And at first I was like, what are you kidding me? A woolly mammoth or a bear? Come on. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, you know what? That could be a bear. Yeah. <laughs> at first I was just like, they're so completely different. But did it look like it could also be a woolly mammoth? It looked like it could be a woolly mammoth. Nah. Or a bear holding a giant fish. So. If I find out woolly mammoths are still alive, I'll cry. They're horrifying. Why? Why are they horrifying? They're Hard- not coming after you think sometimes this is a really weird thing i shouldn't admit to people anymore very large entities strike fear into my heart that is so intense that i want to cry and i think i've told you before the museum of natural history has this exhibit with a killer whale and a giant squid fighting and it's also it's also pitch dark it's like it's supposed to be like in deep water yeah i think that's familiar yeah i can't no, when I was little, I could not go near the exhibit because it made me want to cry. And now I'm torn between not wanting to look at it and wanting to look at it forever. Because it's just like, it just <laughs> makes me feel like life is so horrifying. It the is. bottom of the ocean are large things. And if yes. you combine them, large things in the bottom of the ocean are my, the worst in hell. I can't even think of a word that brings the fear they bring into my heart. The ocean and hugeness are so terrifying. Uh, I'm just going to look at large ocean animals when we don't, get off. Don't, Marissa. I am. I'm, I want to just so, delve into my fears. I was trying to find a companion topic to go along with Marissa's idea here, and uh, I was like, okay, so puberty is one big change in a life that happens What's another big life change? And then I texted her and I said, hey, you might find some leads if you look up menopause and hauntings. And she was like, no! (laughs) That made me really scared. Because what if I get weird when I go through menopause? What if I get weird, really? Did you get weird when you went through puberty? I mean... Guys... But the, the side of it, again, being in that tween area where you're between one stage of life and the other... Then, then you'll just become a witch. I can't become a witch because I don't like cats enough. You don't have to have cats. If you're like a strong enough witch yourself, you'd be like, I don't need no damn cat. I tried I to got do, this. I think I've told you guys on the podcast before, I tried to do a spell once. The opposite oh, of what yes. I wanted to happen happened. Like, so you such a degree, just fail. <laughs> Tell everybody what you did, what you wanted out of the spell. Oh, we just, we just, I lit, I lit, um, Florida water on fire for good luck before we went to the casino. And it wasn't that we lost. It was not only did we lose, we were charged money to enter the casino. And then we lost 
instantaneously. <laughs> it was like, it was like weirder. Than, it was like hard, just faster than normal. And also, what casino charges you to go in? in? I mean, this feels like a lesson that everybody learns in every single movie where they experiment with magic. Like, I, so what? What would you like from this? From this ancient spell that we are going to cast in order to, you know, reach into another world and try to pull some power from it. We just want to win at the casino. <laughs> get get out of my spell shop. <laughs> I don't think that's why it backfired. I think it backfired because I think I told this too. I went into it earnestly. Yes, you uh, the, you did. Yeah, the other per- there were three people involved. The other person heckled the spell while we were Eric. Doing it. No, that was Mike. Eric okay. decided he was his own god mm-hmm. while doing the spell and didn't need to even <laughs> follow the spell, but simply needed to facilitate the process because yes. he was such a, a powerful entity. Holy shit. I don't even know <laughs> if this is real. A 160-foot squid discovered on Santa Monica Beach. I want to kill myself. Marissa, you're nowhere near Santa Monica. It's not going to get you. Just knowing this might exist. Giant squids are disgusting. Also, if you're interested in this phenomenon of uh, of people in angst bringing their emotional baggage to life, there's a movie on Netflix called Before I Wake, which uh, had a very brief theatrical release, which solely focuses on this. An adopted kid. You know, that cute kid from the room. An adopted kid... Uh, from which the room? The good one. Uh, that's relative. The actual good one with Brie you know Larson. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is which is room, I believe. I don't oh, know. Oh, oh, anyway. Okay. It's time for plants. It's time for plants. It's time for. Um, Marissa, you got anything to plug since we have uh, reached our end of the episode sort of length here uh i i want to plug giant killer squids <laughs> there is a video of a oh, oh, oh god i just no i wanted to stop oh, oh, i started and then it scared me more than i thought and I just, i'm not doing that to be funny it was a video that says colossal squid versus sperm whale epic battle and i feel very uncomfortable oof I feel very comfortable. <laughs> I'm going to plug the New York Museum of Natural History's aquatic section where there is a sperm whale and a giant squid battling, and it is my my greatest nightmare. It's a really it's a really great installment in the exhibit. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to see whether I can stomach this on mute while we're still... No, no, still- no. Don't, don't, don't. Don't mute it. We all want to hear it. So we're just going to let this ride, okay? But I mean, it's just music. You don't want music in the background. Wait, yeah, a- it's going to help us with uh, the emotional... Oh. God, she's jumping. Showing that ferocious power. Squinting her eyes a bit. Oh! Oh! Oh, I think this is CGI. <laughs> <laughs> or is it from the Discovery Channel, like one of those imaginary battles? Or is it? I don't know. It looks too clean. 
But you can, no, just talk. No one wants to hear me watching something. I sure as hell do. This is Marissa's new Twitch channel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what are you to plug? Um, I thought of something to plug, but then I forgot it. So instead, I'll just tell you that I've been watching a lot of uh, the special without Brett Davis on uh, YouTube, which is a public access comedy show out of Manhattan, uh, hosted by Brett Davis, who is like a kind of like creative weirdo comedian kind of guy. It's fun. It's goofy. And it's a different, like the, the whole premise of it is that the host, Brett Davis, was murdered in the first episode, and so the show has gone on for, like, hundreds of episodes with uh, other people hosting it instead. And, uh, yeah, it's a different person every week, but it's usually always him as another person. So, I don't know. Listen, for some reason, I just, again, just like this topic that I chose today, uh, I just fell down a bit of a rabbit hole, and I've watched probably, like, 12 hours of it this week between work and uh home <laughs> so <laughs> okay nice kind of kind of weird Got and okay. i think i'm gonna buy something from pod swag and i'm gonna use the uh dr game show signed poster to put me over the uh free shipping limit so <laughs> Ooh. dr game show's a good show guys so very left. good show left. mutual plug yep in fact, if you listen to the episode that came out the week before you're listening to this, you'll hear a game that was created by me. Yeah, that's the second game Pete has had played on that show. Though we will admit, this one was pandering. Yes, it definitely was. But I like So, it. do we have anything hopeful to leave our listeners with as we leave? Giant squid can't catch you. Unless you're That's giant. true. Yeah, if you're in the inland, giant, giant squids can't get you. Yeah, that's comforting. Because yeah. this is disgusting. Now, do you think they could find themselves down the Delaware River towards Philadelphia? Squids? No, don't they need, like, like? I don't know science. Well, the ocean feeds into the river. I don't know science! I don't know! And then they come up... Listen, the other thing I'll I say is that... I don't know what rivers come from! <laughs> if, uh... If they do attack Philadelphia, they're going to kill all the hipsters before they get to you, Marissa. So you got that going for you, too. Yeah. Everybody, we're just rambling. We're going to let you guys go ahead and live your lives, okay? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please call us, 570-PODWOD1. Tweet us at YallHeardPod on Twitter. Follow us, too, because we have practically no followers. Um, Though we do appreciate the four that we have. Thank you very much. Marissa always wants you to slide into her DMs at Riss Vandal on Instagram. Yeah. I t- wouldn't know what to do with your DMs. Uh, <laughs> I am at oh, Peter Bides. Let me show you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe, rate, review, all that BS. Uh, apparently, what I have learned through other people talking in their podcasts is that uh, ratings over a period of time are more helpful than just like a blast of ratings all at once. Oh, okay. You have been, uh, if you've been listening and you haven't rated us, we would greatly appreciate Which doing is, that. Which is almost all of you. Every week, I, I shouldn't say every week I check the stats, but what I mean is every week he when means I happen, every hour. When I happen to, <laughs> to accidentally check the stats, I'm always amazed at how many people are listening, uh, even though it is still quite modest. Uh, we appreciate every one of you, even <sighs> if we don't know who you are. All right? I'm amazed at how many people are listening, yet we don't have reviews. That's what I'm amazed at. <laughs> 
And I am not here to shame you, listeners. So I am. thanks for listening. Slide into my DMs and I'll shame you some more if you're into that. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, Marissa, you too. It's been a pleasure having me? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, hi.